Hi, it's Finn Dwyer from the Irish History Podcast, and this is a Staycast from Acast. Please, please, please follow the government's advice right now, which is currently to stay at home where possible. While you're staying at home, I would recommend another great show that's worth checking out. It's Unexplained by Richard McLean Smith. It's a beautifully produced and gripping show that looks at unusual and sometimes unnerving occurrences from the past and present. It's perfect escapism. Check out Unexplained on the Acast app or wherever you get podcasts. Hello everybody and welcome to the Mirror Football Transfer Spy podcast with you every single weekday until the end of the transfer window. I'm Aaron Flanagan, uh, first of all thanks for Mark Jones, thanks mate, uh, for filling in when well, I wasn't right. here at the end of last week. Did alright? Yeah, you, you did alright, yeah. you did alright, you're not me but you know, it's, uh, it was that, right. that means it was alright then yeah. Yeah, it was alright. Yeah, okay. uh, but yeah, Mark is back in his uh, now punditry position, yeah, you're on the other side of the desk, uh, but thank you and uh, join us after... A week off. Uh, I say we, we we didn't get his, his dulcet tones for uh, for so long. Uh, Matty Lawless, how are you doing? Thank you. Yeah, you're on I've, I've actually put in a twenty million pound bid for Jonesy to take over as a new host. So talks are ongoing, and uh, oh. I'll let you know in your future. Oh, all right, okay. Well, but, what a, what a positive way to start the week. Well, look, you know, there's an opportunity today for you to stake a claim. Maybe I'll pull out of the deal, but Jonesy's really impressed me, and. Uh, Let's see what happens, happen, really. It? it was going to happen. Yeah, okay, enough of that. I don't, I don't, no, delaying no, the inevitable, really. Enough <laughs> about us, anyway. Um, uh, on to transfers, I say, obviously, we've not been, we've not done a podcast over the weekend. We, we don't do podcasts over the weekend. Um, but um, it's been quite busy for one particular club, and that's Chelsea. Uh, the stories surrounding Chelsea are pretty manic. I'm just going to give you a slight overview of some of the lines that have come out. Um, they're in talks over a £65 million move for Christian Pulisic. Aaron Ramsey and uh, Matthias Vecino, the Inter Milan midfielder, are also targets. Uh, Jack Butland and Jordan Pickford are both considerations to be a goalkeeper. Gonzalo Higuain could come in up front. Um, they could lose uh, Timu Bakayoko, Danny Drinkwater, Willian, Thibaut Courtois and, and Eden Hazard. So yeah, um, it's going to be a busy week and a half or so for Chelsea in this transfer window if, if that if that's to go by. But um, I mean, that's one way of topping the Robert Green transfer, isn't it? Yeah, well, I mean, I mean I that'll never be topped. I think, <laughs> but, um, yeah, that's a lot of players, isn't it? Um, uh, none of that was happening last week when I was doing these. <laughs> uh, yeah, how many of them they get, I guess, remains to be seen. It just seems to be like they've woken up and they've realised, hang on, there's 10 days left of this window or whatever it is, and, um, and they need players because... Their squad looks a little bit thin to me, and and obviously the new manager will want to put his, his stamp on things. Um, they're just I don't know they're a weird club, aren't they? They've they've gone about their business in an odd way, I think, for quite a while. And leaving it late, aren't they? Yeah, and uh, I mean, are they, what are you going to do? They're just going to throw a dart at some of them and then get them. And, and I don't I don't really get. That's, well, that's uh, what it seems to me. It seems yeah. like casting a big fish in there, trying to catch one or two. Realistically, is Aaron Ramsey going to leave Arsenal for Chelsea? I think he looks pretty content at Arsenal perhaps it's a bit of leverage in getting a new improved contract yeah. well, I mean at the end of the day Aaron yeah. Ramsey well, we know for a fact has a contract offer from Arsenal on the table I think it's I think it's like a five year deal as well he's 27 it's yeah. probably going to it's going to sort him out for the rest of the, the peak and then a little mm. bit more of his career but he hasn't signed it and I always find that interesting when players do stutter on a contract and obviously there's only he's less than 12 months left on, on his yeah, current deal Arsenal have been in a situation for now when you think um, they obviously lost Oxlade Chamberlain last year in similar circumstances Sanchez in January we all thought Mesut Ozil was going to go and then he stayed um, so I think maybe he's just keeping his options open Ramsey I think he's 
he's quite an important player to Arsenal these days, isn't he? And, and maybe he just kind of he he wants what's right for him. He wants the right deal for him. I'd be shocked if he went. I would. Me um, too. And even and Chelsea seems a bit of a sideways move as well at the moment, doesn't it? Um, well, I think there's a bit of optimism at Arsenal in terms of a new manager, and if I was him, I'd probably stay there. I think he'll play an important role at Arsenal as well. Yeah. I think he's been earmarked for a potential captaincy. Um, and Arsenal fans have really raved about his performances so far this summer. It would be a surprise to me, but it does smack that, um, as, as as Mark says, he's looking to get what's right for him. And I think if you use Meza Ozil's contract as a benchmark, you know, if he's got an important role to play within the club, where where, where does shouldn't his wages be in line with with his you know so and that's yeah. the trouble when when you put a player on a certain wage bracket it opens it up for other players within that squad to ask the question well hang on a minute am yeah, I going to earn the same amount definitely. Arsenal were really strict for years on like, like and that was the, why the transfer and the, and the money and obviously, and obviously I think that was a lot of the reason why Ozil was maybe considering leaving and Sanchez obviously did end up leaving Yes, uh, but obviously he, I, th- I think he did have a big contract offer there anyway but also really strict and obviously now they've given this one big deal to Ozil I mean I'll be honest I don't know whether he's, he's worth that I'm, I'm in the critics camp for Mesut Ozil um, as you say it's going to open a can of worms especially for the likes of Aaron Ramsey who Arguably, he's been one of Arsenal's best players over recent years yeah. in, uh, when, when they've struggled. And I'd imagine some other recent arrivals, the likes of Aubameyang, will be on probably a bit more than him, maybe Lacazette perhaps. So um, I think if you're Ramsey, you're, you're well within your rights to look around. And and, and like like anybody would in any job, you know, if you're feeling undervalued or you're whatever, then you want, you're going you're gonna to approach, you're going to bring up the subject, aren't you, potentially moving on or looking elsewhere or getting more money or whatever. So it's, yeah, yeah. I, I think he's, he's, he's well within his rights. Yeah. I, I just want to go back to a point you made... Uh, few sentences ago uh, about it's been a sideways step for Ramsey mm. if he was to go from Arsenal to Chelsea is it a sideways step because Arsenal alright okay they're outside the top four and I'll be honest I don't see them getting back in the top four this season I know you say there's optimism Unai Emery's come in a few new signings I'll be honest I don't think so. some of these new signings are particularly great uh, if that's just my yeah. own personal opinion I, I see with Chelsea a team that are far more likely to get back into the top four and far more likely um, to challenge for a title sooner, especially under Sarri, who, who plays an exciting brand of football. I so think, I think w- there's, what would it be there's question, sideways? There's question marks around both clubs for me. Um, Where does he fit in at Chelsea, though? I mean, you'd, you'd <laughs> I mean, have to move so, players on, wouldn't you? Yeah. Well, I, I think just uh, going back to the, the original story, I say, well, obviously, the, all these changes... Um, Timu Bakayoko um, yeah. is likely to be linked to Sevilla by the sounds of it. Uh, Danny Drinkwater, I mean, it looks like his time's done. They, they just don't want, they want him out already. a question of where he goes. And it's, you know, looking at the fee that they paid for him, no club's going to match that. So it'll be a loan deal. Same with Bakayoko. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, I mean, they're, they're definitely trying to get plays out. And I think the, the, the crux of the, the story was that Sarri wants to improve his midfield. Fabregas, does I he stay? I, I just find it. So, so all, all this has got to be done in ten days, and I just find it really like bizarre that that, that Chelsea and and, it, and it's Chelsea's own fault because why Con- was why was Conte in on on day one doing pre season training? Why you know why did that take so long? I know I understand it was it was to do with the money issue and all that sort of stuff and and him getting a bit of a payoff, but they need to put their foot down a bit earlier there. And and, and I mean they had a situation essentially where at one point they had about two managers because everyone knew Sarri was coming in and Conte hadn't gone yet, and um and and. Uh, the combination of the World Cup and, and everything else and season starting a little bit earlier, transfer window closing earlier. 
I just I find it shocking that a club as big as Chelsea would get himself in a situation. There's obviously been trouble behind the scenes at Chelsea as well this summer. Obviously, we, we know that all we've yeah, heard about the problems of Roman Abramovich. Yeah, yeah. He's, he, I think he's now based in Israel because he obviously he's visa yes. problems and stuff, and we don't know whether that's going to get resolved. Uh, we don't, we Has don't he got the appetite sure. for Chelsea? I mean, there was the report at the weekend that you know there could be a potential takeover. That yeah. Abramovich is bit tired and fed up of his pet project after 15 years and you know if you look at some of the things that as masters they're playing catch up now and even in this transfer story the um regani was one of their top transfer targets and now they're ready to settle on on his teammate um caldera and and because because we're talking about difference in five million pound now five million pounds is sort of sort of price that you'd haggle on over 10 minutes perhaps in, in a transfer meeting it doesn't seem it seems it sounds an awful lot but it isn't in the yeah. grand scheme of things so it's interesting at Chelsea obviously the, the uh, I think officially she's chief executive the uh, Maria or Marina uh, Granovskoya yeah. mm-hmm. uh, I, I, I think that's how you pronounce her name you know I'm not, I'm not too good with pronunciations well uh, some, some said the pronunciations were better in last week's podcast when oh, I was they, presenting it I'm just oh, saying oh, okay. yeah Okay. So uh, I heard but, as well. I yeah. listened to that on Spotify. And, yeah. um, well, anyway, let's move on. Yeah, but anyway, um, uh, Granovskoy anyway has suddenly she's always played that real behind the scenes, like out of the public eye sort of role. And suddenly, she, obviously, she's been the this woman who's done all these transfers, mm. done all the wheeling and dealing for Chelsea for years. Yeah. And now suddenly she's like front and center of a lot of it. It almost does seem like there's a little bit of panics. Things have to change. They, they have to work harder. It's probably because she can get in the country and and, and Abramovich can't. You know. Yeah. Just, um, well, no, she held talks on Abramovich's yacht, um, which was moored off the south of France. So we understand. We've uh, one of many. We have Juventus's sporting director Fabio Paracci. I think that just leaves us to ask why don't we hold our meetings on the south of France on a yacht? More south London for us. Could do one of these on a yacht, I reckon. Like, should we go take? Might be a rubber dinghy in storage uh, somewhere. Yeah. But technically, one of these podcasts has been recorded on a yacht okay. in the past. Uh, when I spoke to Jeff Hurst, that, oh, yeah. that was right. on a yacht. Yeah. Hang on a sec, I'm just going to pick that name yeah, up. It's down there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, Who's Jeff Hurst joining? Yeah, no, <laughs> He's a hammer. Um, but yeah, um, back to Chelsea. Um, panic times, anyway. Um, just want to talk about the goalkeepers quickly. Yeah. Um, obviously, Tim Courtois. Uh, no, no, not Rob Green. <laughs> um, Thibaut Courtois very much seems like he will leave. Um, so the latest in Spain is that Real Madrid have tabled a hundred million pound for Courtois and Willian. Yeah, well, they're, they're not the two we expected. No, no, no they're they're we expected Hazard, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. Um, no, inter- interesting. Uh, interesting how Real Madrid are almost stepping on Barcelona's toes as well. I, mean, yeah. with that one. I, I like a good transfer tussle between those. They've two. got the money too, haven't they? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but yeah, it seems like Courtois is going to leave. Um, the options are, are very much British options, obviously not Rob Hart. Or Rob, 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 Hart. Hart. Rob Green. <laughs> Rob Green. Joe Hart was linked um, in, a, in a report last week as well. Uh, but uh, Jack Butland and Jordan Pickford. Um, if, if, if you have the choice of the two, who do you go for? Because bear in mind, Pickford will probably be cheaper and obviously consider everything. I don't think he no, would. No, I don't think he would. Uh, so did I say Pickford then? Yeah, yeah. Butland. Sorry, I meant Butland. So yeah. I, I do apologise. Yeah. It's like you didn't Butland watch the World Cup then. Yeah, I know, sorry. <laughs> uh, Butland would probably be cheaper, but Pickford yeah. obviously now has, I think, a higher standing, a higher reputation. He'd a premium, wouldn't he? I mean, he'd be at least 40 million. At least. I think so, yeah. I think um, you're obviously looking at uh, the market for goalkeepers has been sort of set with with Liverpool's move for for Allison and definitely then if that's what the target is for for sixty five if 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 that's what the the top one is then then you have to say Pickford is probably 
40, pushing 50 probably. Um, yeah. Butland, obviously, a little bit different. I reckon you could probably get him for probably 25, 30. But um, is he kind of, is that drop-off in quality there? I mean, if, if, if it was Jack Butland and Goldfing in the summer, would we have seen similar saves? You, nothing, you, you can't really ever prove that. But um, I think Butland's all right. Um, I look at him as a goalkeeper that I think whichever one of the sort of the, the top end teams didn't get their targets this summer I always thought they might go in for but like, I got to see Liverpool doing it if, if, if Allison didn't happen so I can now see Chelsea doing it because I think it would be an easy one for them to pull off so you almost see him as always everyone's second choice essentially yeah and I think there's, there's a few players in that position because with this transfer window closing a bit earlier I think you've got a lot of players in who've held out over the summer and gone well we'll see let, let's, let's see what the case is at the end of the end of the window because you might have clubs who have targeted player X, you know, a, a really good player, but maybe they've told player Y that, oh, we'll just, just, just keep quiet, stay there, because if we don't get in, we'll come for you in mm. the last in the last week or so. Um, and I can see that being the case with Butland. And again, you know, and and Butland would have been told, well, we don't know if Courtois is going, so if Courtois is going, we'll come for you. Um, a lot of these things, I think, are going to be tied up in in, in each other. And I think we're just going to reach this point now, this week, next week, where it's all going to kick off. Um, so, uh, looking ahead also with Chelsea uh, ahead to the front of the team uh, the strikers um, Gonzalo Higuain linked talks happening uh, we believe um, Higuain a, a good sign at the end of the day they need a proper goal scoring striker don't I they I think he would be yeah um, but I mean it's what we thought Morata would be we, and then he kind of we ran, we, we, we ran through these the other day on it's here. a different class though isn't he yeah. Higuain yeah we, 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 we ran through these the other day on here the kind of history of uh, of Chelsea and strikers over the past few years you think you can go through them can you Torres Falcao I think Mutu got a mention Crespo Kesman everyone's got their favorite one who was Shevchenko. a bit rubbish Chris Sutton even back in the day mm. you know like you can you can go through all these ones that they get and and you can sort of see Higuain being that um uh, be interesting with Zola there yeah, now he's yeah. Co- now he's coaching at Chelsea um because he made a player out of Colton Cole so if he can do it with Colton Cole it'll be interesting to see what he can do with Alvaro Morata might get him back yeah. Yeah, I'll well, say yeah, Morata. I know he definitely needs to step up his game. They've also they've still got Batshuayi there as well. Yeah, yeah. He, he, you forget about him. I, th- I think the assumption is that Batshuayi is going to leave. But again, there's, we've got a week and a half, and, yeah. and nothing not, really not seems to be getting really on the radar, has he? No one's really mentioned him anywhere. So unless yeah. he goes back to Dortmund, perhaps yeah. as part of the Pulisic deal. Mm. Yeah, I yeah. don't know. No, absolutely. Um, Pulisic, anyway. As I, we mentioned him at the top of this. So I don't think we've said much about him. Um, Sixty-five million pounds. Well, he's nineteen of, years old. Is yeah, he, he's, he's is one he of the real great it? hopes of, of of football at the moment. Mm. An American talent, and he's been, you know, um, sort of doing great things with Dortmund and Liverpool. Have been the team that have been closely linked with him, and suddenly he's on the on the radar for Chelsea. So yeah, Liverpool. It's always sort of been presumed that Liverpool would one day just make this just move because for of him. the club connection. Yeah, because he played. He was talking about him last week. Actually, um, sounded a little bit sort of. Quite, quite clear the way he was saying it but he was talking about how he played under Klopp and he was a young player obviously he came in as a teenager to Dortmund and um, he never played under Klopp he was too young but he, he was he was around the squad and things like that and he just was speaking and obviously he played against them in the friendly the other day and Klopp was really really praising him he scored two goals so it's always been one that's sort of just thought to be on the radar but whether or not Liverpool need him now they potentially don't so yeah. Liverpool spent a lot of money this summer. yeah so, yeah. Think, yeah and the only way as we mentioned I think last week the only way they would do it is if they were to raise money back from from sales I think now this is Acast recommends every week we pick one of our favorite shows 
And this is one we think you're going to love. Hello, I'm Jeff Lloyd, and I recently had a baby with Ed Miliband. A baby podcast, that is. It's a spin-off of our show, Reasons to be Cheerful. It's called Cheerful Book Club, and it's conversations with some of the best writers working in the world today. You'll really enjoy our chats with people like US broadcasting legend Rachel Maddow, literary giant Ian McEwan, and the big, short and moneyball author Michael Lewis. Feed your brain with ideas from the Cheerful Book Club. You'll find us on the excellent Acast app or wherever else you get your podcasts. Acast is home to the biggest podcasts from Ireland and around the world. Subscribe to this show and hundreds more now via Acast or wherever you get your podcasts. Now I want to move on from Chelsea uh, onto Manchester United simply because over the weekend Manchester United have played uh, a friendly. They played Liverpool. They got thrashed by Liverpool. I tell you, Man United were abysmal yeah. in that game. In that friendly. I, I, see, I wonder with that kind of thing, is Mourinho trying to force the ball's hand a bit to say, "Look, come on, we're, we're getting thrashed by our rivals who have spent a lot of money. If you want us to be serious title contenders, we need to do something about this now. And we need to do it quickly." They yeah. they they struck early with Fred, got him done early. It looked pretty promising. They got Diego Dalot from. Um, from Portugal early on. Since then, they've stumbled. Since then, they've barely got a team there. You know, they're really struggling. They've got players from the youth team who, let's be honest, they're not going to be playing for Manchester United. Very few, if any, will make the grade. So, they're in real... They've got real problems. He's asking players to cut their holidays to get back and play for him. That's, that's, That's the shortage that he's got. So, Mourinho's already at loggerheads with United... He's been very critical, very vocal about this publicly as well, and pretty much shaming Ed Woodward to say, you haven't done your job. Yeah. Now, we all know what happens with Jose Mourinho in his third season. Is he yeah. is he already sort of making a, a camel for his own back here? Because it looks to me that this is going to be well, a nightmare scenario for Manchester United. You know, I say third season syndrome very much is is a thing. There's a, obviously a great column on uh, on the Mirror Football website from David McDonnell about Indeed. third season syndrome and obviously the um, kind of just the issues that Mourinho has in in a third season. But it's incredible. I mean, I I saw um, something shared on social media this week, and and it was Pep Guardiola talking about his Man City youngsters. Obviously, came back to beat Bayern yeah, Munich. Yes, um, obviously, it was a really young Manchester City team, and how positively he was talking about them and what they're doing. And then compared it to how Jose Mourinho was talking about his youngsters and the people there, and it's just like it's such, Does a, he write them? such a negative feel yeah. Yeah. about and, the club and, and what they're was, doing. There was another one as well that, that, that Klopp said after the game was just along the similar lines in terms of that. And and yeah, it was it Mourinho said that he, like Sanchez should have every right to not be happy because the players around him aren't good enough. I mean, that's that's not a, an endorsement you want to hear, a is it? Weird thing to say. I just found it an odd yeah. thing to say. I mean, yes, they got beaten, and and yes, it's a friendly. It doesn't really matter, does it? But in a way, what he said has kind of made it matter. Do you know what I mean? Like he he could have just brushed it off. And go, yeah, it's all right. You know, we'll we'll move on from it. But by his reaction, you know, he's basically rattled. He's been rattled by by yeah. Liverpool beating them handsomely. And if he'd have just brushed it off, then I think nobody. You know, yes, there were young players. If you're a Manchester United fan, you can see they're young players. You don't need to be told that. So yeah. and, and in any, f- even though you've lost four one to Liverpool as a United fan. You're going to brush it off because look, it's pre-season. Yeah, exactly. But what Mourinho's done with that statement is alienate his squad yeah. because he's saying yeah. to the youngsters, you're not good enough. And he's saying to the players around him, oh, well, you know, it's okay. You can, 
there's your excuse. So it's a difficult scenario that he's that he's creating here. <laughs> and how does it manifest itself going into the new season? Doesn't look a very positive plan someone Leicester actually, in the first um, game. Someone actually made the point, and it's it's skewed a bit because because Lee Grant was playing. Obviously, he won't play, will he? But um, Liverpool's starting eleven was actually younger than United um, in terms of the the average age. Yeah. But obviously, oh, really? when you've got thirty-five old Lee Grant playing in goal, which, which skews <laughs> yeah. it. But yeah, I, think, yeah. I think Liverpool's was twenty-five and United was twenty-six. Yeah. Um, and so he just he doesn't need to talk about. But this, I, I, think, I still no. can't believe like a club like Manchester United are going into a season making the same mistakes. You know, yeah. they they spent a lot of money on Sanchez last summer. Uh, sorry, last last January, but the problems have been there for two, three years now. Going back to the Louis van Gaal era. They need reinforcements. They need to overhaul that squad. What are they playing at? Yeah. You know, so, right, they've got the money. They're the richest club yeah. in the world. Yeah. It, it feels like we're kind of edging towards another sort of Marouane Fellaini sign, another panic buy right point. at the end of the, the again going the similar window. point with Chelsea. Like you're doing all this and you have got ten days. What, 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 what's he expecting in ten days? Yeah. If, if Mourinho's given them a list five months ago of yeah. six players they need to sign, why are they not signing them? Yeah. So the yeah, only thing you see criminal now, for a club like Manchester United. The only thing you see now is he doesn't get what he wants in ten days. Ten days happens, and he's going to sulk for three or four months, isn't he? Yeah. Um, so we 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 did a little uh, speculative piece. Get me words right. Speculative. Is it the pressure of me being here, You're doing a better <laughs> job. Yeah. Speculative piece on um, kind of who who these targets were. Cause obviously, Marino never actively came out and, and named them, uh, but we're pretty sure that United wanted William. They wanted Toby Alderweireld. They want Harry Maguire. Uh, yeah. They wanted Gareth Bale and Alexandro. They're the names that we believe were. Yeah. Five, but I mean, these are big names, aren't it? That would all have enhanced Manchester United. Absolutely, mm. and it's like we say, it's criminal. Well, Gareth Bale was a non-star in the end, wasn't it? Because yeah. Zidane left. Yeah. If he would have stayed, then Bale would have probably been an option. Yeah. Ronaldo was an interesting one for me. Why they didn't go for him, but perhaps there are other reasons to that. Yeah. Um, I think he would have enhanced their squad. <laughs> but but <laughs> William was was he's been a player for two years now. He's been been on Jose Mourinho's wish list for two years they haven't made it happen Toby uh, Alderweire would be a great signing but again trying to negotiate with Tottenham is always going to be bang your head against yeah. the wall and that will go to the very late stages if it happens and then Harry Maguire I mean I think someone made a point about this where you know United have been looking for an experienced defender and it, you're just adding another player who hasn't quite got experience. Mm. Is he, you know, all right? He's had a great World Cup, but in the the long run, is he is he really yeah. the solution that also, you know? Would they, be, would they be going for him if if it wasn't for that World Cup? You know, would, yeah. would they? It, did they see enough in that World Cup to to make all of a sudden go? Oh, yeah, we'll, we'll pay it then. And it's it's what is it? It's three weeks of football. Yeah. He's definitely got leadership qualities about yeah. him. You know, he, he captain Hull as, as of a very young age, and he's done fantastically well at. at Leicester, I think if you look at the Optus stats, he's the best defender in, in the league. He's number one for the most tackles made and he's played a lot of games. So you get that kind of, you get that with Harry Maguire, but you just wonder whether, is, is he the solution to Man United's problems? Will Harry Maguire win Manchester United title? Personally, I don't think so. I think their problems are in midfield at the minute. I've got visions in my mind of Harry Maguire signing for Manchester United, and I, I don't know who they play in the, in, in the first couple of games. Leicester first game. There you go. You've got Jamie Vardy, yeah. who's absolutely rapid. Harry Maguire's not that quick. I've just got visions of him like getting burnt out for pace, and then suddenly mm. at United, you suddenly go into panic mode again. I just, I, I don't think he's the signing that you, you want to make anyway. If you're trying to reassure everyone, and say, "Oh, we're now this big team," I don't think. Yeah. I don't he's think he one of those. The fans on he's one of those signings that I think you look at it and you you are as you're right there. You're seeing potential for things to go wrong 
perhaps more so than potential things to go right. I think if there are some signings that where you, whoever it is, the club signs them, you just sort of know, yeah, that sort of fits. You know, that's that's sort of it yeah. now. And someone had a good position to I think the other day, and uh, they were talking about when when Liverpool signed Van Dijk in in January. And obviously, the most, make him the most expensive defender in the world. And it's the same with Allison now, the most expensive one in the world. If they make a mistake, then it's like, well, what else could they have done? They've paid the most money for a defender in the world. So it's not, they're not going to say, get out of the team, because you know, you, you've just got someone who's come in and gone, well, they're in the team now. Now, is Maguire that? I don't, I'm not sure if Maguire is that, because no, I don't think so. Maguire comes in, he makes a mistake. Fans go, no, what was Sam Maguire for? You know, and like, yeah. Whereas if it's someone who you just has, you know, has that stature about them, they, as I say, they make a mistake and what's, what's the manager going to say? Well, yeah, well, he's going to play again next week because of course he is. But for, <laughs> for me, Manchester United lack a creative spark. You go yeah. back to the FA Cup final, they dominated Chelsea, but the difference was Eden Hazard. He changed the game on his head, won, won the penalty and, you know, that was it. They won the game. Now, throughout the season, Manchester United were very, very dull very dull and they couldn't change games they drew a lot of games and they needed players who can make a difference Paul Pogba could be that player mm. but he needs a midfield around him that can just let him off let him loose and do what he did for France basically yeah. so that's that's Man United's problem they need they need to unlock creativity buying another defender in when you've already got five or six centre-halves already at the club that's not the answer yeah. um, thing with Manchester United for me I mean I, I know I can be critical of United at the points but I think man for man anyway, they're not good enough. I, I think they're good enough to be second, just maybe again, maybe third, but the man yeah. for man, they're not good enough to win a title. And I, I look at names that maybe don't get criticised so much, like Jesse Lingard, he's inconsistent. Mm. Uh, one, like matter, one matter, I mean, creative by all means, but another one who's inconsistent. Marcus Rashford, inconsistent. Herrera. I just see inconsistency across the whole team rather than top-level performance, which is why I see them as a team who finished second and third as opposed to challenge for the title yeah. um, so this, I, I think they need to make big changes so very quickly, wh- where do we think Man United are going to finish then this season I think it's difficult to say at the minute but definitely not first and be lucky to finish in the top four at this rate yeah. Yeah, well, that's I mean, they, they've got they've, you know they've got Lukaku thankfully for them but um, other than that I think they're going to struggle yeah, I was saying Mourinho was brought in to win the title, and three years without a title is uh, well, it's, it's not good enough. For Mark, where do you, where do you see them? Um, yeah, I think they're they're a kind of superstar player short of a, or maybe two short of a proper challenge. Mm. Um, I think they'll have a fight on their hands to be in the top four. To be honest. Yeah. Well, okay. Fight on for the top four. Yeah. Yes, uh, I agree. Tight. Yeah. That's going to be tight. Um, but yeah, we expect Manchester United transfer news anyway before the end of the transfer window, which we will cover here on this podcast every single day, uh, obviously weekday until the window does close. Um, there is another club I just want to mention quickly before we finish, and that's Fulham, uh, simply because I think they've made some tremendous business. Uh, obviously, we want to move uh, a little further outside of the um, the top four. Um, they've already brought in John Michael Seri from Nice, uh, Fabri, the goalkeeper from Besiktas, uh, Maxim Le Marchand, Get that, one, get that one right uh, from Nice Jazzy Stepin <laughs> and, uh, and, um, yeah. and uh, Andre Schuller in that list yeah. uh, Andre Schuller as well, as well alright let's go with the two players are going to sign next first uh, one's easy to say and then uh, Alfie Mawson yeah, I can do yeah, that one and Alexander Mitrovic hey well done him. Uh, they've also been linked with Matt Target as well the fullback from uh, Southampton who was on loan there uh, last year as well 
I think that's tremendous business for a Tran- team. Some sort of transfer target joke you can do there. That's, that's, how, well, that's, that's so, what I would put it in that target. Yeah. But, uh, no, there's. Um, I'll, I'll be honest. I have the word target written down here. I know we've got two T's in it, but I did look at it. target. Who are they targeting? Like, oh no, it is Matt Target. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, um, he was there on loan, wasn't he? Yeah, he's, uh, he was there on loan before. Yeah. Um, um, I, I just think it's just great business. A real. It's nice to see teams now coming into the. There's one player you've, you've really not mentioned thinking. that who'd have kept hold of Ryan Sessegnon. Yes. Yeah, yeah obviously. he's not, not really been any links with him, has there? Um, I mean, the, 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 the fault was that he would join Tottenham if they didn't get promoted. But yeah. he's, he's staying put, and it's yeah. a sensible... Um, I think it's a sens- sensible option for the young man because yeah. he'll get game time there. He'll be the main man. And perhaps, who knows, it could be a player on Manchester United's very time in, yeah. in seasons to come. But the, the, the fault is that he's happy in London, and if anywhere, it'll be Tottenham. But yeah. Tottenham a bit... Another club have been slow, but Fulham, as you say, in in London, they've done great business. I think West Ham have as well, and um, of the newly promoted teams, Fulham and Wolves have really sort of given it a good go so far. Yeah, uh, so I do want to talk on this podcast uh, th- through this week about more of the teams around there. So we will mention West Ham later this week on the podcast. We'll mention Wolves as well because uh, they've just been going crazy and uh, great. Anyone support. who's Portuguese, basically. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's Cristiano Ronaldo next year. Yeah, but, um, but now Fulham. Are, um, I think Fulham have got that advantage of of being in London as well and being you know a very sort of it's an attractive nice club, club yeah. nice nice place to play isn't it and and I think they're always you know someone like Schürrle for example I think was gone oh yeah I used to play for Chelsea down the road I can go back there yeah um, and I think it's an, it's an attractive destination and they again going back on what I mentioned before they could be one of those teams that comes into play a bit later in the window for a couple of players who perhaps are waiting on moves and things like that schürrle has got that sort of Damien Duff feel about him yeah, yeah, yeah. And they used to have players like that, didn't they, back yeah. in the day, like sort of players who who had been perhaps at, at bigger clubs and then had moved yeah. on. So um, they do well, I think. Yeah, and I think they, along with the clutch of teams, really, they they can, they they should come into the season being pretty positive. Um, I don't see that many teams who are coming in with the idea of struggling. I mean, you, you mentioned Wolves. I think Wolves already know they're going to be all right, and I think yeah. Fulham. Yeah, I, I, going I that way as well. I, I don't consider Fulham. I, I think it was only yesterday in the office where we were talking about. So who were all three that go down? And I don't even consider Fulham oh, no. as, as a team to go. down I just think that the business they've done. I look at the midfielders. Obviously, they brought in Seri in there, and he's going to play alongside Tom Kearney, who's who, yeah, who's excellent. Good. Yeah. Um, I, I just think they've. Um, I like the manager. I love the way his, his yeah. style of football's yeah. great. I think yeah. losing Ryan Fredericks a bit of a blow for them, though. Yeah. losing that pace down the right so I'd be interested to see what they do about that but um, I think you're right I mean they, they, they'll have a good go at it this year yeah um, I've got Kenny in my fantasy football team I just started putting it together does he take well, penalties and he gets, gets goals from midfield yeah, yeah. He get, he's really cheap as well yeah, it'll be, be interesting to see uh, how far forward he does play because obviously Shirley coming in will yeah, play a very yeah. similar role um, but yeah it'll be interesting to see how Fulham do um, just before we finish, just want to roll up just the last of the transfer um, business, the last of the transfer talk um, around uh, the Premier League. Um, Crystal Palace and Porto are currently battling for West Ham midfielder Chiku Kiate. Um, Kiate, Matty, obviously we, we, we know you, you like you like West Ham. Is he is is he up to the job? Or uh, look, I think on his day he's a very good player, but how often does he have his day? There's not often West Ham fans come away from a game and say Kiate was the man of the match. But it's one of those where you don't want to sell him to a rival. So I think West Ham's preference would be for him to go to Porto. Yeah, yeah. so big lad, but quite commanding. I, I, yeah, I, I, I was at a game. Like I say he's, he, he can turn it on. He really can. Yeah, I was at a game a couple of years ago. And he, he walked past me, and I, I was shot. Like, 
obviously you are huge. Do you know what? <laughs> he's 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 a really lovely fella. I, I I'd be sad to see him go if he does go. He's great with fans and behind the scenes at West Ham, he's he's very important in the dressing room. A lot of players, very popular with the team, and um, he's he's one of those that there's a clutch of players that go to cinema club on a Monday and stuff like that and um, you know it'd be a shame to see him go if he does yeah well, it'd be interesting if there is a, obviously he does go and maybe there's a little disruption in the West Ham changing room as a, as a result because let's be honest West Ham have had a great summer yeah. and last thing you, you want, is, keep, last you thing you want to, is to disturb the little kind of clicks that, that are working from, uh, keep, keep flying back from Porto on a Monday to go watch a film and yeah I'm for him um, I mean, footballers, they earn enough money they can do if they if they really want to. Well, I mean, there were some players that, who was it? There was a player who used to travel, I think he might have been Memphis Depay, used to travel back to Holland to get his hair cut or something like that. But <laughs> yeah. whether yeah. that's true or not, I don't know. Yeah. Um, or Balotelli frying out money yeah, from his Porsche. Again, I mean, is it true? Yeah. <laughs> um, I really want to believe it is. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, good, good story, so we'll, 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 say, we'll say that the truth. Um, elsewhere in the Premier League, uh, Everton are after uh, Porto fullback. Uh, Pedro De Lago uh, I'll be honest I know absolutely nothing about that lad no. uh, can't tell you anything about him but uh, Everton are in talks and over him uh, Everton as well also in talks we know about Lucas Dean who from yeah. uh, Barcelona that's, that's quite who, close he's advanced talks we understand yeah, yeah. Um, he's he's been allowed to leave Barcelona's training mm. camp to hopefully try and wrap it up he's, so. done, he's done the whole um, emotional goodbye on Instagram I was reading before as well yes. Barcelona so oh, he's, he's, he's out the door done deal then yeah, yeah. Get yeah. It he, don't, he doesn't mention about Everton in there he, he doesn't mention like going down the Albert Dock or anything like that but he's, um, <laughs> he's he's out the door at Barcelona yeah. uh, elsewhere uh, Craig Dawson um, uh, out in the cold at West Brom uh, so he's been uh, uh, been exiled from the first team uh, obviously he's handed in a transfer request didn't go on a pre-season tour to, did he yeah I mean unsurprisingly wants to get back to the Premier League um, yeah I think he deserves it as well I actually know I, I, I know a good friend of his and um, he he wouldn't have done this if it wasn't you know sort of like a desperate situation so it's, he, I think he wants to uh, get back in the Premier League and he's perhaps been promised something which he hasn't been given um, and I think we can all say that he deserves he's, he's a Premier League standard defender isn't he I, I, you know I, I think he was West Brom's best player last season, so um, yeah. I think he he should be back on that stage. Yeah, he, he's one player that, that my dad had the chance to sign in non-league and rejected <laughs> the chance to sign him, and uh, one, wow. of my, one of my dad's biggest regrets. Uh, <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, uh, now it's his chance then. Of course, and Ashton got the money for him. Yeah, so like, uh, come, come, come back down the levels. Come on, Craig. Um, uh, elsewhere, Jefferson Lima, uh, he would play for Colombia in the World Cup. He plays for Levante. He's gone AWOL from Levante. That. That's my favourite word in the transfer window, AWOL. AWOL. Yeah. I love I mean, it when that crops up again. There's not many other walks in life where you use the word AWOL. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll let you think one. Well, uh, I'll just, just say, uh, Jefferson... Quite sad, really. When you, like, War you, chest. You don't, yeah, you'd only use them in quite sad situations. Yeah. We, we should get Jake Murta on for his yeah. transfer lingo. Come and get me, please. Yeah, tra- transfer lingo. His um, transfer dictionary and is. Just something else. He, yeah. So sorry, he, what happened? He's got, he's gone AWOL to try and yes, get a move to Bournemouth. Uh, to, yeah, to go, to go and get a move to Bournemouth. From uh, where? Sorry, uh, from Levante. Okay, is it Levante? Just a move, isn't it? Yeah. Got, maybe Bournemouth's got a better we'll beach. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sh- too we'll, sure about Levante. Once it comes to the Premier League, we, we've the best league in the world. Let's celebrate it. Um, it was an interesting story last week. There was a lad one who signed for Bournemouth and turned down uh, Dortmund. Turned down it? Dortmund. Yeah. Uh, and more money at Dortmund yeah. to sign for Bournemouth. So what is it about Bournemouth this summer? There just seems to be all sorts. I don't of, know. Uh, have, they, have they seen our heat wave yeah, recently? And uh, it's gone now. And I'm going to put anyway. But yeah, that'll do us uh, today on the Mirror Football Transfer Spy Podcast. Jonesy, thank you. Matty, thank Pleasure. you. 
Uh, I'll no doubt hear from you guys later in the week as well when we uh, go I'm off, through. I'm off for three days now. So, uh, oh, right good. Minute. Yeah. There we go. You're not going for talks with anyone else, are you? <laughs> nah. Maybe I need to wrap this deal up sooner. I'm, no, no, it's good. I'm going to go AWOL for three days. That's <laughs> <laughs> no, good. Fin- finally getting rid of you. Um, but, um, yeah, so that'll do us uh, today. Uh, we will be back, as I say, every single day of the... Every single weekday. Uh, for the rest of this week and also next week as well uh, on yeah uh, if you don't subscribe to already you can get us on iTunes get us on Spotify get us on Acast you can get us wherever you get your uh, podcasts from Uh, but yeah until next time uh, we'll see you tomorrow this is Acast Recommends Every week, we pick one of our favourite shows, and this is one we think you're going to love. Hello, I'm Jeff Lloyd, and I recently had a baby with Ed Miliband. A baby podcast, that is. It's a spin-off of our show, Reasons to be Cheerful. It's called Cheerful Book Club, and it's conversations with some of the best writers working in the world today. You'll really enjoy our chats with people like US broadcasting legend Rachel Maddow, literary giant Ian McEwan, and the big short and moneyball author Michael Lewis. Feed your brain with ideas from the Cheerful Book Club. You'll find us on the excellent Acast app or wherever else you get your podcasts. Acast is home to the biggest podcasts from Ireland and around the world. Subscribe to this show and hundreds more now via Acast or wherever you get your podcasts.